0: Well, good morning, friends. Grab your Bibles and your notepads. So glad that you are with me, whoever is there, and whenever you're listening. This is podcast number three seventy three. It's for Tuesday the fourteenth. Um, we lost power this morning, which is a kind of a new thing for us in this new development. Um, something happened in Battleground, and a bunch of power went out. So we took a drive. First world problem, right? We were able to hop in our car, warm it up, head to Starbucks and Burger King, and. Now we're back and power's back on. Life is good. But as I as I thought about it, as we we're driving, I thought, you know, somebody said, oh, it's too bad. And I'm thinking, you know, first world problem, right? With everything else going on in our world, the fact that our power was down for a couple hours is is really no big deal. But what uh, what I was thinking about was spiritual power. When I was thinking about that, I was driving and and do we lose our spiritual power? And where do we get our spiritual power from? And obviously, it's from our time in the Word and in prayer and uh, spending time, you know, researching the Scriptures. Uh, up this morning, early, um, and uh, when the power was on, probably about, I guess about two this morning, I was reading, and I was reading a, just a great book by uh, a fabulous theologian, M. Gary Habermas, and reading about the historical Jesus and and I just I love reading and um and learning and I don't retain like I used to because I'm I'm older but I just love spending time in the scripture and the older I get um you know my my desires narrow and they just get smaller and smaller and I just want to spend time in the word and prayer spend time with the people that I love so you are part of those people that I love. In Colossians chapter one, let's look at our two key verses that we're memorizing. Hopefully, you are as well. I just buy three by five cards and put put the scripture address on one side and put the words on the other, and then I just kind of carry them with me. Um, I haven't done this on these because they're pretty small, <laughs> and uh, but but Colossians chapter one verse nine says, "For in him, Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell." And in Colossians chapter two and verse nine, Colossians two and verse nine says, "For in Him, Christ, the whole fullness of deity, dwells bodily." As I was reading that book this morning on the historical um, Jesus Christ and and uh, and how we we come about, you know, showing others and telling others about Christ. There are people who don't believe the Bible is true. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, we can look to historians of that day. Many historians mention Christ. They don't mention him in a positive light, but that's not the point. The point is that they mention him. The point is that he was real. And the the historians mention the, the tenacity of the church and the willingness of the church to suffer to a point where... Nero and what he did to the to the Christians was so horrible that the Romans had compassion for the Christians because they suffered so much and they suffered so well you know that is really the key is that because we know that this life is temporary and because we know we're going to go through things but we have Christ in our life um, how do we suffer I remember there was an old, old uh, Western years and years ago, and and two guys were on their horseback and they're watching their friend die. And uh, he was being hung for being a horse thief. And so they had no compassion on him for being a horse thief. But when he died, he didn't make any mention, he didn't cry out, he didn't, you know, uh, begged for mercy, didn't beg for his life, and he died. And they said, "Didn't he die well?" They looked at each other, and and I think it was Lonesome Dove was the show. And they, didn't he die well? And they, and they rode off into the sunset. I want to suffer well when I suffer. I want to pass from this life well when I pass, knowing that I, I, I did what God asked me to do. I. I lived the life that he wanted me to live. I pursued the things that I should have pursued. I told people about this Jesus who is not just a historical figure, but he is alive and well today and lives within my heart. And and the only way that we can really truly make that true to people is the way that we live. And what... Affects the way that we live is our time in the scripture and our time together, um, worshiping, our time serving and loving and ministering. In Colossians chapter one, we've made it all the way to verse seven. Just as you learned it, Epaphras are beloved fellow servant, or from Epaphras, our our fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. It's imperative that we have people that, that we can trust who will teach us. We're not to be these lonely soldiers, you know, struggling through life, but we're to be working together and... And as we talk today and as we look today, we, we want to look at faith, hope, and love. I don't know how far we'll get, but I want us to, to understand that those three things, faith, hope, and love, are, are intertwined within our Christian walk. As we look, first of all, faith, turn to um, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you've gone to James, you've gone too far when you're turning in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things or the evidence of things not seen, depending on the version you're in. And then down to verse 6, it says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is or he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And then all through chapter 11, which is... Rightly called the, the the Hall of Faith, or the Chapter of Faith. We see incredible men and women and the things that they were willing to do, and why were they willing to do it? because they had faith in Christ. How does that faith come about? Let's look at Romans, chapter 10. In Romans chapter ten and verse seventeen, it says, "So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. There are times in our lives we know that we put our faith in things that we shouldn't have and they have failed. But when we put our faith in Christ, we never fail. Turn to Ephesians chapter two. Lots of scripture this morning. Ephesians chapter two, so much better than opinion, right? A scripture is so much better than man's opinion. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. And how does that happen? It's through faith. And listen to this. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So even our faith is a gift from God. Even our faith is something that God gives us and gives us the ability to get out of the natural man and to be able to believe in God. Does it make sense at times? Absolutely not. You know, we make fun of other churches and other religions sometimes. Maybe you don't, but, you know, we we laugh at some of the things they believe. Well, look at what we believe. But we have proof of what we believe. The book that I I was telling you about this morning um, takes you to historians, Roman historians, Greek historians. And again, they don't speak well of Christ, or they're not believers. These are people who are not believers, but they're recording history. And so they talk about this man, Christos, or um, Christ, and they talk about the impact that he had, and they talk about it in a negative and a positive way. But the reality is that we serve a a, a person, a historical person who lived in, in actual time. He lived around people, he, he lived around events, and the, the people around him uh, positive and negative, are recorded in history. And and we need to understand that, that this is not some blind faith where we just reach out and we go, oh, I'm just going to believe in this emanation from God. No, no, no. The person and work of Jesus Christ is something that is historical and it is something that we can trust. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seven, Paul says, for we walk, we walk by faith and not by sight. Because <laughs> if we see it, it's not really faith, right? And our life seriously is a life of faith. I remember a guy sitting on an airplane, the story of a guy sitting on an airplane next to a guy and they start talking. And the one guy says, what do you do? And he says, he says, well, I'm a pastor and I'm a Christian. And he goes, oh, I could never do that. Christianity thing. I could never put my my hands in the life of somebody I didn't know. And and the pastor says to him, "Oh, can you introduce me to the pilot?" He says, "The pilot, I don't know the pilot. It's faith. We don't even know if there is a pilot in the cockpit most of the time. We don't know that that pilot's not having a bad day. We don't know that that uh, situation is going to go south on us, right? But it's a it's a life of faith." Do you know the cook who who serves you food at the restaurant? No. Do you know uh other than by faith or by trust that your doctor gives you the right medication? We live a life of faith. But we can ground our faith in a God who never fails, right? So we can understand that to to get up every morning and to, and to and to to walk by faith is not blind faith. It's faith in the one who who made a Psalms 19, says the heaven declares that there's a God. I mean, you see the beauty and the majesty, but that's just general faith. And then God, the Bible says, uh, revealed himself through his son. In uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and in in John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 14. He took the time to reveal himself. He left heaven. Jesus left heaven and the, and the glory of heaven. To come down to wrap himself in human flesh to walk out just like you and I walk out, by the way, with temptations and trials. In Matthew chapter chapter four, verses one through eleven, and Luke chapter four, verses one through twelve, we see Jesus being tempted. Jesus is tired. Jesus is thirsty. Jesus is is uh, is attacked. Jesus is betrayed. All of these things that Jesus experienced, he experienced in real time on real days as he walked on this earth now we learn to walk by faith and we also learn to work by faith we don't work to earn salvation but we work from our salvation look at first Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 let's do 2 and 3 it says we give thanks to God always for all of you constantly mentioning you in our prayers this is by the way one of the great Um, privileges of ministry is to be able to pray for people. And Paul says, we pray for you constantly, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We see faith, hope, and love there. So we're working out, the Bible says our salvation, and we're working it out with faith. We Look, the Bible says, unto the author and the finisher of our faith, Jesus Christ. He's the author, he's the finisher of our faith. In fact, let's go to the scripture there in uh in Hebrews chapter twelve. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse two, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, one um, version says the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And what is he doing at the right hand of the throne of God? The Bible says he's making intercession for you and I. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. He's at work. He is at work. He's he's not done with his work, although he completed the work of the cross here. The Bible says he's still Um, in charge. He's still working out um, what's happening in our world. It is faith that gives us power even to pray. Look at Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. After facing difficult times, the disciples prayed this. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. He gives us this, this earthly example of, of an increase in faith. He points to something. Jesus was very illustrative. Jesus was, was beautiful at using scenery and, and situations and teaching us uh, what it means to walk by faith. To live it out. And, and again, Jesus lived it out. Jesus walked it every single day. And because of that, we understand that we can come to him. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. You know, as scriptures come to mind this morning, I'm just sharing with them. I hope that's okay, sharing them with you. uh, help us in our time of need. are there times of need absolutely faith it's essential we don't see everything that that God is doing in our lives. we don't see um many times just a little bit. The Bible says that the Word of God is a is a light uh and and it's a lamp. a lamp gives that little um step by step light, you know, just enough light to find the next uh, stepping stone. And uh, so it's a lamp and then it's a light. It shines down the path farther as well. God doesn't keep everything in total mystery, but he doesn't reveal everything to us because it is a walk of faith. So this morning uh, I just want to, I want to challenge you to grow in your faith. And I want to challenge you to grow in your faith in a couple ways. One, is to is to get up every morning and to realize that the breath in your body is a gift from God and then ask God what he would have you do with this day. I would ask you to get up every morning and get into the word of God because this book is is a love letter to us but it's also a manual it's also a description of of what it means to 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 be a Christian. And then I would I would um I would just encourage you to pray for divine appointments, divine opportunities during the day where you could minister to someone, you could love someone. It, it, it doesn't always mean, it doesn't mean always sharing a scripture. It means being the scripture. It doesn't mean telling people you're a Christian. It means showing them what Christian love is all about. It's a life of faith. And you may go through some things today or you may be going through some things today that are that are stretching you. It's stretching your faith. It's it's bringing about what God wants to do in your life. Let's have one more scripture and then, then I'll let you go and we'll bring this to a close. One more portion of scripture, I should say. In Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, not by our works and not by our abilities, not by our talents, not by our resume, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ In, in all the battles that, that we see in our world and when we see going on, I realize that my my part in this whole thing is to remain faithful and true to the Lord. It is to stay in the Word. It's to stay in prayer. It's to ask God to increase my faith. I want to, I want to see powerful things happen in my friends and my family's lives. I want to see that, that, uh, that God uses them to the full extent of their lives. I'm no longer really attracted by the lights and the bells and the whistles of this world. I want to see what, what uh, true faith can bring about in, uh, in and through us as believers. There's a lot going on, church. There's a lot going on, and it is through faith and love and hope that we will add to um, the positive part of what's going on in this world, that we show people that no matter what we face, we face it by faith, and not in our faith, but in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ Christ. Let me pray for us. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.